Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Underpaid and Underqualified podcast show with your host, Ja and Vince. What was that little yeah. chuckle there, Vince? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't notice a chuckle, actually. I just I chuckled after you said Vince. I was like, all right. Yeah, I like this intro, man. I'm getting hyped up. Oh, uh, OK, whatever. No, I, I thought I heard a chuckle. So I was like, oh, did I mess up something? You did. Oh, but okay. I'm not going to say what it was. I'm just going to leave you forever wondering what it was. <laughs> That's fine. No, nah, it wasn't that big. You just you just like mumbled uh, underqualified a little bit, but I or I can't even remember which word. But I can't even talk because I mumble every other word. So have at it, Joe. I'm sorry for interrupting. Continue your. Oh, intro. no worries. How are how are you, Vince? Tell me about yourself. How's life? <laughs> I felt like a therapist move. Like I'm on the couch lying down, and you're got a notepad with a goatee. Um. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, went mini golfing yesterday. Went to a Giants game over the weekend. Uh, looks like life is somewhat back to normal. Getting there, right? Um, yeah, I uh, got my first vaccine. How about you? You got a vaccine shot yet? Yeah, so I'm actually fully vaccinated. So that's kind of nice. But even then, like I'm so I personally am trying to be a little bit more cautious, regardless. Like still pandemic level thinking. No, that's smart. Yeah. Are you uh, not wearing a mat? Wait, when did you get your second shot? I think it was like sometime late March, early April. I forget. Damn. How'd you get it so early? I just got lucky. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you just like kept hanging out around the places where they had extra or something? Effectively, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I did it at Oracle Arena. It was pretty smooth. It was just like a drive through thing. So <laughs> they make you drive through. You literally just put out your arm and then they shoot. They, you know, give you the shot and then you wait for 15 minutes. And if you feel like you're dying or anything, you can just honk your car. <laughs> oh okay nice very nice yeah did you feel Uh, anything for the second shot so for me i had pfizer and my symptoms were i I literally had a fever like 24 hours like on the clock on the dot and just got through that it was like a six seven hour fever i had to do like a presentation for class so i was like falling asleep in class while everyone else was giving their presentations damn and i had like a migraine after but then i felt perfectly fine the next day how about you uh well the first one i felt fine but i've heard that if you're gonna feel weird it's the second one but i've heard very mixed results like i've heard some people say that they're super nauseous like fatigue and fever seems to be a predominant thing that happens for a lot of people so i'm not like super worried because like you said yours was about 24 hours that's about what i've heard for most people but uh i'm going to a warriors game the exact same day and it's funny because it's supposed to be at oracle arena that i'm getting the shot so i don't know i guess if I guess I'm just going to be like falling asleep and like at it's the Warriors game. It's it's funny because um, I just got a tetanus shot last week and I actually got a bad reaction from that and had like a fever for like two or three days. My arm was sore and stiff. Now it's just kind of itchy for some reason um, for like the better part of the week. Damn. Yeah. And sure. like people are like, I normally have no reaction from taking the tetanus shot. And I'm like, hey, this hurts more. Huh. I wonder if it was like because you had the vaccine, maybe the reaction too. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like they said, like you have you have to take it at least like two weeks apart at minimum, kind of thing. Mm. And it wasn't two weeks apart. It was. It oh, was okay. it was definitely more than that. And not huh. only that, but it was also um uh yeah, I have no idea. Also, I haven't had like a tetanus <laughs> shot in since like I don't even remember when was the last time I got a tetanus shot. I remember mine because it's the only one I've ever gotten in my life. It was, uh, yeah, literally I've only had one tetanus shot because I got, 
<laughs> in high school, my senior year, I was running because, you know, I did cross country and whatnot, running on a trail. And a lady didn't have her dog on a leash. And then the dog just ran up to me and bit me. <laughs> oh, and my, <laughs> my folks were free. It was like not a wild dog by any means. This is the most domesticated, small, cute dog you could ever imagine, you know, type of thing. And it was enough to like draw a little blood, but I wasn't worried. So my mom was like freaking out, like maybe get a tetanus shot, even though she uh, <laughs> she's well, she's she's not she's not exactly a fan of vaccines not to get too far into that <laughs> well the thing is that with tetanus or like the the illness of tetanus itself usually comes from rust rusty things but yeah. it's actually a bacteria that can be found like in different places and so i mean like it is out of extra precaution to get it from after a dog bite yeah no, it makes sense. And I, I, don't, I don't have any issues. I was just growing up. My uh, folks weren't the biggest fan of vaccines, which is, you know, the most unpopular <laughs> opinion. You without without have. getting into the details of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a podcast for another time. But um, well, I'll have a model interview them <laughs> about their their vaccine uh, philosophy. No, but um, yeah, I uh, just got a tetanus shot after that. And it's kind of funny, too, because uh, I didn't really care about getting bit. But then my mom demanded that if I ever see the lady again, I like get her info and have her pay for the doctor's visit. And who would have thought that I ever do see her again. But literally one day I was running the exact same trail and I awkwardly asked if she could give me her info and she did and she paid for it. Oh, so, that's OK. Cool. Yeah, but that seems simple enough. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure how this tangent happened. <laughs> um, how's well, your week, John? <laughs> well, that was actually my week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting the shot, I guess. Yeah. So why, like, did, I, why did you get the tetanus shot? It was my my primary care physician was like, hey, you should probably get it. You're actually supposed to get it every like, I think, like six to 10 years or something like that. It's a routine thing because it does wear off. Um, and so I was like, OK, sure. Why not? Um, the routine thing. I have health insurance. Might as well take advantage of that. Um, and so I did. And uh, definitely had bad reaction. It was like the next like i think i didn't sleep so well but then i'm like okay i didn't sleep so well whatever right and then as the day went on i'm like huh something's not right huh i'm getting sicker hmm. and then i look at my arm and I'm like oh it's probably from the tetanus shot and it's funny because there's one day where i like right before i hopped in the shower i looked at my shoulder i'm like wow my shoulder looks super defined <laughs> and look at my other shoulder oh that's just how bad it's swollen <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to tell me then you turned green and then you became the Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah, no, we wish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, be good for the podcast ratings. But, uh, well, at least you're now out of it. So now you're like the healthiest immune system ever, right? You're all co- uh, COVID and tetanus vaxxed up, you know? You're set. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I can totally step on a rusty nail right now and be fine. Yeah, and you could have COVID coughed in your face and you'd be like, bitch, I got antibodies. Exactly. You got nothing on me. <laughs> uh what was i gonna say anyways yeah. oh, <laughs> smooth this transitions a, this past week you know what else we finished recently that concluded after six long weeks six very long weeks uh dedicated at thursday at midnight actually if you think about it like wandavision was like eight weeks and then you had like well spoiler now we we, we just finished winter soldier and falcon <laughs> That was, six that was weeks. the worst introduction of a topic ever. Guess what we did? Uh, let me mention this other thing that's going to reveal what it basically is. <laughs> hey, uh, Falcon. Okay. Yeah, we finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier because its finale was last week. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's, it's been 14 weeks since all of this. Yeah, I've actually been thinking like, holy shit, with this Actually, Marvel... no, not 14 weeks. Uh, sorry, just cut you off. It's like 11 because I think like 
11 or 12 because i think two episodes came out at once for one division but yeah uh yeah you're right yeah so 12 but yeah i was just thinking i was like man i've been talking about marvel a lot more and even this podcast we've been talking about marvel a whole lot more and i'm like man kevin feige is a smart motherfucker because doing this tv thing is the fact that it's going to be like a weekly thing like goddamn, it's just going to be like more like like in your in your business people are going to be it's more relevant it's more in the day-to-day people are going to be talking about it on a more recurring basis rather than just like when a movie comes out which you know would be three to four times per year previously now it's going to be like on a weekly basis for most of the year almost you know yeah no there's i mean there's definitely content to talk about it and it's also socially relevant to a degree yeah no that's true but uh i guess we should dive right into it so we saw the finale i stayed up uh midnight on thursday thursday night to friday uh because i was pumped i was waiting uh should we do our one word reviews again <laughs> yeah sure what's your one word uh i'd say good <laughs> good not great i know it's not one word but if i have to expand good not amazing i think my word is fun that's a good one i'll go for that yeah well, it sounds like we're both in the positive realm right here we didn't dislike it right yeah no like, okay, why do you say, like, I think you probably have a little bit more to say than I would. Like, why would you say that it's only just good? So I really wanted to like it because I remember seeing the trailer and just thinking it looked awesome. And I think that direction of, like, focusing on, like, what you could say are kind of B characters in the Marvel stuff is very interesting. You know, having them kind of take up the mantle now that kind of the A list is kind of retired, you know, with Captain America and Iron Man. And uh, so I was really stoked for it and the action looked really good. And I will say, I think... These limitations that I'm going to bring up are I don't knock them for it because I'm sure COVID probably like caused a lot of this, but um, I just felt like some of the edges were a little rough with the storytelling Um, and it didn't feel super smooth at all times. Like I didn't feel like every episode was very consistent. Sometimes like one episode would be great. The next episode would be okay, good, not as great. And then episode three, for example, I thought was really messy and choppy in terms of the pacing and some of the like action cuts and then some of the motivations, like for example, Zemo, like putting on that purple mask for like a split second and seeming like he's going to do something really cool. Then just taking it off. Like, uh, like, all right. And surface. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then like the finale, I think felt very, very rushed overall. It had a lot of cool moments, but I think it just felt very rushed. Um, the worst part for me, I, I I get the sense you probably would agree with this, but uh, the scene with Bucky confessing that he killed the uh, older Asian man's son, like, dude, that was like, this is the low point of the episode for me. That was like comedic with how quickly that finished. That felt like the spark note version of like what that scene was supposed to be. It was literally like, hi, hi, I killed your son. Why? Because I was the Winter Soldier. Then scene cut, and then him walk away, see the guy, and that's like it. I'm like, dude, come on! You like need a little bit of depth into like, like I don't know, some emotional feeling from it, you know? Yeah, no, I I think it went by a little fast, but I think it's already the episode was already long enough. Um, because I think each episode was what like forty to fifty five minutes long ballpark. Yeah, and so it, it was a lot of stuff to jam in so it does feel a little bit fast but i think like it was uh it was enjoyable still regardless and the whole that scene i'm not sure if people really want to like go through that because it's the point of it all was just like to fuel his character development not like the episode isn't about him and um i believe he's japanese right the uh, the elderly gentleman 
all of that. So I think that's why there wasn't more to expand on. It's okay. He did do it. We got that check uh, off. Let's go on. Um, I mean, like I, I did want to kind of see like, what was his response? Are they still friends? Cause I think that they're trying to say at the end of it was like, I don't think they are friends anymore because when at the end of the scene where he went to go see the restaurant and he didn't walk in, I think that's like, Oh, it's best to leave it be and at least i can move on with my life i just realized that scene kind of reminded me of like those drug commercials where it's like we have all these side effects and you might die but it'll cure that one illness that you do have and like the actors are just smiling in the background yeah i guess it was was like it was like bucky was curing his guilt (laughs) and the side effects were uh as quickly read as he that whole scene was (laughs) Yeah, so that's what that, that like I get it because that's not the point of like their relationship. Though we kind of did want to explore that because you did bring it up, but that wasn't like the focus of it. Yeah, if I that think makes the, sense. I think the interpretation you gave of him walking by is solid. You know, like the whole like uh, him realizing, yeah, I, I probably can't be friends with this guy anymore, but I at least I've moved on from it, confessed to it. But at the same time, I always think like, what's the purpose of a scene? What am I supposed to be feeling? So like. I guess you could attribute that, but to me, it just didn't feel like they knocked it out of the park. I think like, like the scene when he's talking to the person, I was thinking like, what's the purpose of the scene? Like, just like, it didn't like, it, it didn't feel like a huge character growth moment because like he was almost about to do it at the start of the show and he just basically followed through it. So it didn't feel like something really pushed him over the edge to make him really feel like he had to do it. I guess you could say like Falcon talking to him a little bit made him feel that way, but um sorry i got distracted i heard some screams <laughs> just gonna ignore that that's probably important <laughs> it's not like kid screams like playing you know those type of things um <laughs> man that really threw me off um but yeah i just felt i don't know like i just you know how you describe the end game fight how you wish it just had like another minute or two of like fight with captain america iron man at the war like against thanos Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I wish it just had a minute or two of this, you know, because actually, like, did you ever I don't know, just like to feel it a little bit? It just felt so rushed that there was literally no extra like dialogue that could be thrown in just for like a like resolution or like that wasn't me. Uh, just so you know, I was programmed, you know, no like reaction from the guy. He just seemed shocked and like, oh, OK. And then I don't know. Yeah, no, I would agree that it wouldn't have hurt to add a few more minutes into that to expand on it a little bit more. Yeah, I think the series, too, I don't know why it had to be six episodes. I don't know if that was a COVID thing, but I feel like seven would have been totally fine. You know, so it's funny that you bring that up because there is a rumor. We don't know how true it is. It's making the rounds of like a lot of like different blogs, but it's not making any rounds of like actual official channels or like nobody like Kevin Feige or anybody said it. But there was a rumor that the original idea was is that uh, Flag Smashers were supposed to actually be releasing a virus hmm. and not be so, Super Soldier Serum. Um, like it was pre-COVID? Be, yeah, pre-COVID, it was that. And <laughs> after the pandemic happened, it was like, oh, we need to like pump the brakes here a little <laughs> bit. Um, I'm not sure how true that is just because like nobody has said anything. And also, like, there's a few things you can definitely kind of swap out Super Soldier Serum with the uh, with the virus, but it doesn't really explain the Isaiah Bradley, Black Captain America kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the whole thing was like, 
I felt like the arc of the show was like based on the super soldier serum and like to take it or not to take it, what makes someone worthy of being Captain America and then um, you know, Falcon struggle kind of being with that, and then John Walker being this person who, you know, went the opposite direction and decided to take it, and then you know, being just kind of an opposite person in general. So yeah, I feel like this story I will say like the pandemic idea would have been interesting for sure, and I would I would be open to it. Uh, but like I think this story worked for what they were trying to say with the super soldier stuff. Uh, I just I think it was the only way to tie Isaiah Bradley. Like if you wanted to introduce that aspect, that history of Marvel into it, um, it virus would have been more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I, I will say the only thing though, is with that focus on uh, the super soldier being a bigger thing, obviously the flag smashers become like a bigger part of the story with you know them actually being threats because they're really strong but god i could not get into that group like every time they're on screen i was just kind of like okay i don't really care can we go back to like john walker isaiah bradley you know type of thing no like everybody had a hard time and it's funny because like there is apparently a small amount of people that are upset like what's her name again what's like the head flag smasher's name oh i don't even know anyways (laughs) the redhead it's pretty bad because it's like we don't even know who the hell she is because we don't care um because it's funny because like the message that they're preaching is like i get it i really like it but you didn't make me really feel a big so what moment like falcon really did or captain america at that point did during the whole when he was scolding the politicians but up until then it's i get it but uh, i don't care about you enough yeah that's pretty much how I felt. Yeah, I just, I don't know, maybe. And I think a lot of people did feel that way that we're feeling. A lot of people did. And there, are, but however, there's still some fans that were kind of just like, oh no, uh, bring her back. She needs justice. She, you didn't do her character right. She needs more, whatever. And it's like, I think she did a good job with the role that she was given. With that said, however, they wrote it. Uh yeah whatever yeah i'll also say uh and her name is carly for the record i just googled it oh gosh i forgot <laughs> yeah no i remember it was like an e like i e whatever thing yeah uh i think the other big highlight for me was obviously falcon in the suit or now we should say captain america in the suit which is gonna be really goddamn confusing because i'm already talking about it i keep mixing it up with people i'm like captain america falcon no i mean captain america i mean not chris evans captain america i mean the new captain america do you have that issue <laughs> so it's funny that like you know joaquin i think his name is joaquin, the, the i think the hispanic uh, air force person that was with um uh sam yeah, Wilson. falcon yeah who's becoming <laughs> falcon i'm now. like i'm just going to use names when <laughs> yeah. he was with them so he actually in the comic books he becomes a new falcon yeah um i did hear so- that and he got the wings in the episode yeah, so I mean, it was like a subtle thing, and for a lot of people who really don't know, like I didn't know this, right? Um, unless like you had to look it up, kind of thing. Oh, he mm-hmm. he becomes the next, like he takes up the mantle probably later. We'll see. Who knows? Um, yeah, no, I really did like the costume. I think the white was a little bit too bright, and it's like, oh, really? Okay, I really did comic book accurate, but um, might be wrong about it this time. But then again, I thought about some more. Oh no, the white was needed because. You're trying to exemplify the red, white, and blue. Yeah, symbolically, that was also like the one part of uh, John Walker's suit that was missing. A lot of people really read into that. I kept saying that post come up like, John Walker is supposed to be not pure because he doesn't have white on his suit. And then Falcon, of course, he has like the beaming white on his suit, like the red, white, and blue. I don't know. I think with John Walker is more just like, oh, if it's 
the other which we'll call it his new like black like stealth suit a little bit better so that's why um to make that joke at the end it's like he was like super amphorous so he's like it's just black but so much better and everybody else is like yeah no it's actually a lot better yeah um no but i think it is really because like if you think about it, like the original captain america like first avenger suit it was that bright red white and blue yeah. so it wasn't super bright but in avengers one it was to like well, we have that. And then later on, it changed to a different color. It was a little bit darker. It was a little bit more grittier. Or he, Captain America had his own version of the self suit, which was like the whole navy blue thing with a white, uh, white blue insignia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, the first movie, obviously, are, we're going to do comic book accurate. We're going to go for the whole patriotism and really reestablishing the whole Captain America, like his presence. Because that's the point of Captain America is his presence. He's not unique of a hero, but he's loved because he is that person. Yeah, he's the symbolic patriot that he's he's like the representation of like by the book, like pure hearted kind of person. But uh, also like rallies people. Like yeah, exactly. He, he's a that leader. guy's. Yeah, a leader. But uh, yeah, they could switch up his suit for the second one uh, or the movie that they're going to make, which was actually right when I finished the series, the next question that came to mind, probably for a lot of people too, is like, is there going to be a movie now? And then like a day later, they confirmed it's going to be the case. So mm-hmm. I, I'm stoked for that. I think barring like no COVID like limitations, this will really be the test for me of like, if COVID did have a major limitation on the show that caused the like rushedness and kind of cramming everything detail wise that I feel like kind of resulted. Cause I think this movie will be the case because uh, obviously COVID hopefully by then won't be a thing anymore. So we'll see like how the movie comes out compared to the show, you know? Yeah, we'll see. And like, I, I'm pretty sure something did change for sure, but what changed, we won't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe later they'll talk about it. But uh, I was also thinking like when uh, Bucky asked the favor from the Wakandans to make the suit, like, can you imagine like the Wakandans? Like, do they have like a graphic design team or like an art team thinking like, okay, he want he specifically said patriotic. We have to put the flags and stripes in a way that looks aesthetically pleasing while also having vibrant. You know, like it's just kind of weird. Well, uh, now nah, I'm curious. Okay, so something I did appreciate is the whole fight scene involving uh using the wings, right? So of course he does have a super soldier serum. He's not going to do the super like you're not going to get the chris evans like muscle helicopter scene anymore but you did see like him incorporating the wings in his fight and going back on your point it's well what part of this suit is like vibranium or is it just simply like none of it i think they said the whole thing i think somebody just recently said the whole thing's supposed to be oh okay that's cool so it's kind of like he's kind of like a weird iron man like Captain America, Falcon, mishmash now. <laughs> That's cool, because like he, he does need the enhancement because he doesn't have the super soldier serum. Yeah, no. It's just weird thinking, like, can you imagine what Condon's, like, specifically thinking, like, okay, we have to make this look like the U.S. We have to make it embody, like, <laughs> just kind of, like, I want to see that scene in an extended behind the scenes, which Wakandan get assigned to, like, the, the, the U.S. specialty Wakanda team, you know? It's an international team. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So that's cool. But, uh, I, did you think his speech was a little forced? Like, I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was, like, solid, but I just felt a little, like, forced not on his end, but, like, the reaction from the uh, politicians. They felt like their acting wasn't the best, so it made it seem kind of hokey. Like, he would say something relatable and, like, you would expect from him, and then the politicians would be like, no, no, we're not doing that. They're terrorists. You know, like, I don't know. 
kind of took me out of it a little. It's it's funny because like people didn't make a comment of like you know like the politicians didn't really say much. Like normally you'd have a politician cutting them off, like you don't understand it. No, you don't understand it. Like yeah, that one politician did like make that comment once, but then again he was fairly quiet. Like he took it. And I think it was more they're trying to paint the picture of a whole, like, he's still building that presence. This is his moment. It's televised. He is Captain America now. And I setting get, the stage for that. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Like, going for, like, like he's publicly advertising himself as the new Captain America who, like, deserves it now. But I just felt like the execution of the scene, like, the people he was talking to did felt like their acting wasn't the best. And they just were reacting a little too, like politician by numbers like it wasn't like as nuanced as you'd expect they were just like no they're terrorists no we can't do no we're not doing you know it just like it didn't feel as nuanced so it didn't feel as real of a conversation if that makes sense Mm. just my opinion yeah i didn't really get that i got that more i guess i was just more focused on like oh i think i was hoping that it wouldn't be too like racially charged i was really hoping like it was more like very um to the point right very to like let's let's try to help people as a whole which was that's what i was really like reading into more yeah i could see that one thing i didn't pick up on that somebody uh called out later in a review was do you know the do you remember the part when john walker comes in and uh he's trying to avenge lamar and he brings him up and then he's like your friend didn't matter and he's like are you saying lamar's life didn't matter like some people were saying they thought that was like a uh, black lives matter type of like uh not i guess and i was like i don't know yeah i don't know i didn't even think of that when i saw it no like, it didn't it went over me if, if it did it went over me like i thought yeah. it was a really cool scene because he loved lamar it was basically like his brother in arms they went they literally went to war together yeah yeah no that was a bummer that he's dead he's, he does more in the comics too so it's like shit opportunity missed <laughs> so like going back on like it was kind of felt rushed yeah i do kind of agree it was rushed in the whole like wait so we we just literally forgave john walker like yeah, that, somebody okay. nationally, and we we then burned him at the cross nationally. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think John Walker for me was the best part of the show. I almost wish that like the finale wouldn't have been the flag smashers. I wish they would have like taken a back seat and like that big fight we saw in the uh, fifth episode would have like somehow rearranged and like happened in the climax of the show. Like kind of switch the enemies a little bit, you know, and have it be Falcon who like overpowers him with the suit. And no super soldier serum proof, like kind of earning the mantle, taking it back from this person who inherited it when he shouldn't have given it up, type of thing, you know. I think they did want to give him an opportunity to have like a um redeeming arc, and that's why it's like, oh, we want to have you come here and try to try to pull the which the, the the car and save everybody, kind of thing. I think that's why. I get I'm not it. sure, like, if it would be better that way. Because it wouldn't give him the opportunity to have that redeeming arc. Yeah, I mean, you can go different directions, but I just felt like that's another consequence of how Rushed felt that his redeeming arc didn't really, like, nail it on the head. Like, it's pretty much he seemed psycho. Episode 5 was angry, uh, like, exiled from the military. Then he goes to, like, kill the Flag Smashers or, you know, whatever he was going to do to them. Then at one point, there's a truck that's about to fall, so he, like, decides to save the people from dying or whatever. And then five minutes later, he's making a joke with Bucky as they're walking. So it's just like, are they saying like they're all good now? Like that the the course of this fight scene has like redeemed him and made them like on speakable, like nice terms. Like, you know, it just felt like too rushed in that sense. 
Yeah, that's one thing I didn't really like too much because it was very confusing. Oh, are you? Are you? Do we like you? Are we okay? Is it okay to like you now? Like, are are you going to be an Avenger now? Like, what's going on? I mean, the rumor is Thunderbolts, but yeah. Yeah, at least in a sense, they do have him for the future, and I think he was a good character. But yeah, I guess we'll see. And then last thing I'll say on this is uh, the uh, Peggy. Is that her name? Sharon. Sharon, I always mix them. Sharon Carter, like her being uh, the the twist, whatever, that she's like also going to sell government secrets now that she's back. Like, I don't know. Like, I just think, was that needed? Like, I really could do without this plot. Like, I I don't get this transition where she was fine in Civil War and Winter Soldier. And then I don't know where one exile later, she's just like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to be a bad guy doing sketchy government shit, you know? Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I, I, I think I complained about in one of our episodes, it's... I mean, that's fine if you're the power broker, but then it gets like the transition from this. It's well, everybody got pardoned. You didn't really get a pardon, but then now you're basically, you're literally like the queen of black market now. Yeah. Kind of abrupt. It it is. And it's like, I'm fine. If you want to go in that direction, like, cause MCU, you're not exactly going for comic book accuracy here. I, I, I don't care as long as it's a good story, but we got point A to like point like, D <laughs> or D or something like what happened to the things to get there where there's no progression and it didn't really make me care about her character it just made me like oh she's just there yeah it I just think if you really took out that whole like Sharon Carter being sketchy detail from the entire show would have felt a little smoother um but I don't know maybe they have big plans for her in the movie because I'm sure she's going to be in the movie like if they're building that I, I mean maybe I don't know maybe it comes up in another storyline but it seems like it would make most sense if she was in that Captain America world to like display it in this part. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, she's still going to be a bad guy. Is she a good guy? Does she actually, is she playing the long game? Like, like the thing is, it's like, I'm not convinced that she's a bad guy because we got here so fast. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, she's related to like this person who's like supposed to be one of the greatest Patriots who did like so much for, you know, shield at the time and whatnot. It's just kind of weird. You know, it's like, if you have like a, patriot who's done everything by the book and then like they just have a niece or nephew who's a total pile and like like the traitor type of person which i don't know could happen i guess but you don't hear about it so much yeah like i said i'm okay with it but let's actually have the character development that goes along with it like you're fixing all the different villains that have all these character development issues cool and then we just regressed again (laughs) yeah that's funny it's like we literally took one step forward and two steps back (laughs) one step forward being like zemo two steps back with Carly and like Sharon Carter and not two steps forward maybe because of uh John Walker yeah I think that was the highlight for me the tension between like those three characters but um and I think they said there was supposed to they were talking about things that they couldn't include because of time restraints and I saw at least one article that said this it was the two things did you hear about the things that were supposed to be included if they had more time no what were they number one uh, uh black widow's sister who's supposed to be in the movie what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure she could do like a little thing like julia louis dreyfus like her role you know just okay. like a little tease uh number two oh, okay a little man named uh steve rogers <laughs> they could have fit him in there yeah just like a little like kind of like thumbs up like yes yeah, sam you're doing what you're supposed to do in some way you know or, like, I, I heard a rumor before the show that they were supposed to fully explain, like, the timeline thing. You know exactly how that works? Oh, you mean, like, 
how they broke up the timeline? Like what? What do you mean? How that happened with Cap, basically? Because I mean, it you can mostly figure it out, but it is a little like inconclusive, a little bit, you know. Like basically, he took the time travel, whatever, whatever you call it, the serum, <laughs> whatever the thing that makes you go back in time, a quantum particle thing, and then he doesn't come back. But then he's an old man, so it's like he's living in this alternate timeline. And then how does he get the time travel thing to come to that timeline? And then is he just living in this timeline now as an old man? Or does he go back to this other timeline where I'm guessing Sharon Carter? We don't know if she's alive, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's that's the thing is that you're right. So ba- based off Marvel logic is that if you time travel, you basically splinter off to a new universe. So it's like, how does this Steve Rogers come here? I'm not going to think too much about it. It's Marvel's time travel. I think everybody has come to agree. It's don't think too much about it. If you think too much about it, you're going to break it. So just, yeah. just let it be. Yeah. I think, yeah, we had a time travel episode. I think we brought this up, but Looper, do you remember that scene when Bruce Willis is talking with his younger self, Joseph Gordon Levitt? Did you see mm-hmm. Looper? Yes. Yeah. That's and funny. then he's, yeah, he's like asking him about the rules of time travel. And Bruce Willis is like, look, we can talk about time travel all day. We can draw charts and whatever, but just recognize that I'm here. That's all that matters, you know, type of thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's so bad. It's because then there's like, we talked about, there's like the Dragon Ball Z thing. Then there's the, like the flash like version of time traveling. Then there's like uh, MCU, which is basically tra- Dragon Ball Z's time traveling, but it's like, all right, that was hard enough to understand when I was 10. Yeah. Yeah. And then dark, which I think did it the best of any franchise ever, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but uh, anyways, concluding thoughts. Uh, I guess I give it a B. That is a fair estimate. Like I'd give it around the same rating, like maybe B plus, but not not an A. No, like I did Definitely. enjoy. It. I really had fun. Like the the fight scenes were like, oh yeah, this is what I'm totally getting. Like somebody also also made the same comment. It's like, oh, we're finally not exactly getting the same Marvel thing. Where like the end thing is done, resolved really quickly. We actually have like a whole episode dedicated to just that. Yeah. And this it's both the format of the series where they can do that and because they got that first phase one through three out of the way, now they can get like more experimental with shit. So yeah, they, cool. they also had a lot. I mean, like they introduced like what five different themes in this series alone. Yeah, pretty much. But uh I think we can say definitely better than WandaVision. <laughs> if nothing else, that's the best pro, I guess I could say. It's funny because some people stated like, oh, WandaVision was something that you can't skip as much versus uh this series whereas this they believe that this series like you could skip it more and miss less i don't know about that yeah like well i think the format too it's like i don't like the format of one division time wise where every episode was like 20 minutes and you just left every episode if you watch it week to week you would just finish the episode just thinking like that's it like i I have to wait another week for like now the 70s episode now the 80s episode now the 90s episode you know it's like i think if we were to compare like what would be set up for the next movie you have once so like with one division you have the white vision set up and then you have the her actually being a broken character set up yeah and discovering her powers more and seeing weird shit she can do which is obviously going to be a huge thing in uh, the doctor strange movie yeah so like okay so you got like two plot points there then the other two plot points with um or not two plot points but i'm trying to think like with captain america and winter soldier series the plot point there is how I guess not so much like Falcon getting his suit, but then definitely the establishment of like all these side characters. So uh, Valentina, John Walker, and this new Falcon person. Yeah, I guess him like 
now he's like established himself. Now he's got to like do a full like kind of like character journey as Captain America. So that's gonna come. So I was just thinking of like what the next like Avengers movie is gonna look like. It's gonna be very interesting, you know. Like so different. I feel like you know. It's that's the thing is that we don't know what the long. All of them had like a long uh, the first arc. All that one, two, three had like the long game, right? Yeah. And then now it's like, okay, well, what is this? What is going on? So some people thought that it might be Secret Invasion. Um, but she, oh, it's Sharon Carter scroll. But I think Secret Invasion is a TV show, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a TV show coming up. They got so fucking many. And then somebody literally just said he's like surprised at the uh, amount of shows that they've mentioned because he says there's so much more in the woodwork. <laughs> so it's like, wait, are we are they coming into the movies later? Are we okay? Yeah, I literally I was bored one day and I wrote down all the characters that like are in the woodwork now that could be in the Avengers movie. And just thinking of them interacting is like, huh? gonna be weird seeing that I, i'm sure they'll make it work but it's just odd picturing it you know so it's like dr strange thor captain america now uh and then bucky and black so those are kind of like the veterans i guess of the previous movies you could say but beyond that it's, i guess ant-man 2 and spider-man guardians of the galaxy captain marvel but beyond that it's pretty much all like new characters because it's like black panther it's not going to be chadwick boseman so it's going to be some new character and then Shang-Chi, and then the Eternals, and then Moon Knight, uh, Oscar Isaac, and then She-Hulk, Ironheart, uh, Miss Marvel, you know, Blade, Fantastic Four, X-Men at some point, you know, so it's like, it's going to be interesting, but it's hard to picture, you know? Yeah, Black Panther 2 still has its own thing coming out, too, so it's, so are they all Avengers? Because we also have a She-Hulk, and I think, did you mention this already, like Moon Knight? Like, yeah, are they also going to be avengers because they're only tv like are they going to have cameos in the movies is this going to work out i don't know i would guess it's like i would guess at least when i watch it my basic gut instinct is like if they're making these characters the goal is to have them all team up in one big movie at some point again you know but maybe that's not the thing but that's what i would assume i mean i have that same assumption as well but it's just again they're experimenting and they're doing something that's like revolutionary again which at this point is, well, we don't know. And they're definitely experimenting with like uh, some of like the lesser known characters. Like they're famous in their own right, but they're just lesser known compared to some of these heavy hitters that are now retired. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's weird thinking too. Cause it's like, I feel like when you have a character like Captain America and like Iron Man who have been around in the comics for what, 50 plus years, you have like all this plethora to work with, but now they've pretty much, like gone through all that in the course of a decade with those characters now being kind of retired. So it's like, they're getting closer to like the content that was like being written in the last five years in the comics versus like content that was like all throughout time, you know, it's funny. Cause like with Shang-Chi, uh, like this YouTuber that I follow, right. People ask him, Hey, do some Shang-Chi videos. Cause there's a movie coming out. And he responded with, there's literally no Shang-Chi like content. The only Shang-Chi content that came out, that wasn't in the 70s was in 2006 where he taught spider-man had his own martial art like he invented a new martial art just for him and like something that came out in the last year minus minus cameos those are like the only two story arcs they've had in the last literally 50 years <laughs> <laughs> damn well that's that actually kind of mirrors i heard uh the guy what's his how do you pronounce his name <laughs> i don't uh, want to butcher it simulu that's yeah. it all right. He uh 
was saying actually that with this movie they didn't rely like too heavily on the comics because he kind of said the same thing but it wasn't a whole lot so they're kind of taking a lot of creative liberties so it's not going to be like a word for word enactment of the comics but i mean that's pretty much what guardians of the galaxy was it was like so loose compared to the comics you know yeah they basically revamped the guardians of the galaxy thing like that was definitely something that is new and then basically comics are now catered to that team because that's what everyone knows now eternals i'm trying to think about internals uh, there's stuff with it but we'll see what happens what they do with it yeah i'm trying to like read like basic plot gist of eternals and the gist i get is that they've been living on earth secretly for a bunch of years and some of them are like posing as people because i read that kumail nanjiani the um one of the eternals the one from silicon valley he's <laughs> like posing as like a bollywood star uh so he's like known <laughs> to the world <laughs> so i'm like okay well that one small detail in wikipedia reveals a whole lot because it's like before it's like you don't know if they're in hiding you don't know if they're like interacting with people so clearly if you're doing that it's like gives you a taste of what they're doing and it sounds ridiculous like you just laughed so it's like okay is there going to be like more of a sense of humor with this movie too based on that you know so it's like well because also an actor as well in real life so it's like oh okay yeah i guess Wait, that's angela like... jolie is in here yeah dude that cast is stacked selma hayek uh angelina jolie paperboy from atlanta <laughs> the rapper sure why not i don't know harrington's in here too yeah randomly i don't think he's a i think he's a human he's not one of the eternals but uh he's a he's a different i think he's a i think dc's version of black knight is a good guy and i think marvel's version of black knight is a bad guy interesting so eternals what they are is is oh Gemma chance is in here i don't know yeah it's her second role in marvel she's not playing the same character she was in uh captain marvel Oh, she was, yeah. Um, bless you. Thank so you. there, so Eternals are basically so how the world was divided is that there's something called Celestials that came in. Celestials have made a cameo in uh these the MCU universe. I forgot how. Uh, so basically, these entities they create they were creating life and they created I think three different races, uh, mutants, um, Eternals, and I forgot the third ones were deviants. Deviants. Deviants were yeah. the third race. And guys. so Eternals are supposed to protect like the mutants, and these are just humans with a mutant gene, how we can have that come about. And Deviants, I forgot, I think they're basically like the antagonist race or something like that. Yeah, um, the bad ones. And in the end, Eternals, basically, they just kind of sat on their high horse and just stopped caring, and mutants kind of take care, took care of themselves. And Deviant, like, it was an interesting experiment when the Eternals came, the Celestials came back to. And so based off of like that, it's already i think it's has nothing to do really with that i mean actually so so what you just described was the comic the way they set it up right yeah so that actually doesn't sound too far off at least because the deviants are for sure supposed to be the antagonist from what i've read and um the eternals have kind of like it said that same thing that they kind of overwatch people and that's why they like blend in in some cases as the people but uh, it says something happened. There's some inciting incident that makes them all reunite. So I guess they were like getting lazy and not looking over stuff as much. I don't know. I mean, Avengers one and like Endgame kind of explains that. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's another huge thing. That's that's what I'm usually curious about. Like, how are they? What's their reaction to like all this? Is like, is it going to take place in modern time or is it going to be before the blip? You know, I don't know. Oh wait, actually, it says after an unexpected tragedy following the events of Endgame. The Eternals uh, reunite. So it's wow. <laughs> As if the blip wasn't a bad enough tragedy. There's going to be an, another unexpected tragedy that that's going to be what makes them reunite. 
Yeah, so that's that we don't exactly know, right? So definitely the story is a little bit different because the Eternals with Marvel Comics is that they, they're still in there. They're in their mountains hiding and just doing their own thing. Whereas this is like they've changed it up a little bit. Mutants obviously aren't involved in this either. Yeah, it could um, be how they introduce it somehow, the mutants thing. The Kevin Feige did say that like he has no intentions of introducing mutants anytime soon. Their plan though. They said at the last Comic Con a while ago that it's like in they haven't like announced the movie date or anything like that or cast or anything close to that, but it's for sure gonna happen at some point. I mean, they tugged all her strings with a cameo and then said, "No, that's that's not it. We just want to throw that in there." Why did you throw that in there? Yeah, but this uh, is like if they say something like that at Comic Con, if they, like announcing a movie, it's like you, you're stuck to that. You can't announce a movie and then be like, "Just kidding, sorry." Unless have you like, seen the DCU? <laughs> Yeah, DCU. More DCU could do that, but not MCU. They haven't done that so far. I don't think they have, at least. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But okay. uh, yeah. to, to our second topic. <laughs> yeah, an hour later. Um. So our second topic is like now that we've seen. So like Falcon and Winter Soldier was like the first movie that I actually explored. Pretty much, I'm calling it the snap. Still, um, the repercussions or not the the, the what happens directly because of the snap. And so, like, what Thanos did was like, oh, we have the race, so then we can control resources. Um, well, what about now? Like, what we, we saw that a little bit in Endgame, but now we actually see the full repercussions of it. Um, well, I mean, that's basically the premise of the Flag Smashers is they wanted to go back to the status quo of during the snap. Um, and so, what do you think? Like, and there was a whole Reddit campaign of like, Thanos did, Thanos was right, Thanos did no wrong. And it was like a fun little campaign thing for people like, oh, I agreed with it because of like population control or like, no, he's inhumane. He's terrible. But like after now seeing like a, definitely a glimpse of it, do you think like would you stand by it still or like do you think Thanos was wrong still or whatever? Yeah. So the topic is, was Thanos right? Um, I mean, this is really easy for me. I say no. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just because. Uh, yeah. I mean, like it's. The fact that he like had his civilization and then saw them get wasted and then just assumes it's going to be the exact same case for every other nation. And then for me, it's the answer was like, clearly, if there was ever any doubt, which I don't think there is because, you know, biased person here. But if assuming I'm living in a world where this happens, I would think, yeah, can we like not do that? <laughs> like really doesn't sound very fun um, or productive. Uh, just looking at like imagining the scene when Scott Lang comes out of uh, the uh, quantum realm and is like seeing the world. I think that pretty much speaks for itself. It looks like a fucking wasteland. It's like depressing. It's dark. Uh, the He talks to that kid. He's like, kid, what happened? And the kid doesn't even answer because he's like, dude, don't even like I, I can't even get into this right now type of thing and just rides away. It's like to me, that answers that it's like, yeah, Thanos like thought he just it's like. It's uh, anecdotal evidence. It's like, I this is what happened to me. I'm assuming that the same solution for me will work for everybody else in existence. So, yeah, easy. No. <laughs> but uh, you might think a different thing. Yeah, so, like, that's one interpretation, right, of Endgame. That's only one glimpse of it. Of It, it did seem like a complete, actual, 100% shit show because it seemed like trash was piling up. There's not enough workers taking care of it. But there was one scene in Endgame where, like, I think Steve Rogers said that was my first time seeing these species like populate or like f uh, swimming so close back to shore. And so definitely it's beneficial for at least ecosystems and animals to come 
repopulate themselves, right? Because they are basically food for humans. Not saying that they're born that way, but I'm just saying like they are a resource. And th- that was mentioned in Endgame. Like, oh, I saw them for the first time, like come so close or whatever it was. And with Flag Smashers, the point of it was they want to go back to the status, status quo was because countries were lacking in labor or people like people needed to work and stuff. People were able to move around like there was nobody really guarding borders. People just like, hey, I need somebody to do this. They moved in. They people were able to find homes because there's technically space. Like mm-hmm. let's say like the snap didn't like happen again. Like Hulk saved everybody, but um, there people found homes again. People found jobs, and effectively there was no war. I, I mean, obviously with a grain of salt, we don't know if there was actually conflict then, but at least there was no like what they're trying to fight for, no borders, and so I mean I joke. I mean, it's, it's, so there was one time where I was invited to go to Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. And the point of the trip was like to be, to go and advocate Planned Parenthood. And for me, it's like, okay, this isn't like a topic that I hold, I personally hold near and dear personally to me, but Hey, free trip to DC. Let's go. Yeah. And when was this? Holy shit. <laughs> this is sometime in college. Huh? Okay. Before I knew you. Yeah. And then, so then, um, they're they're interviewing me like the event planners are like oh what why do you want to partake in advocating planned parenthood and i wrote something along the lines of like population control (laughs) and then people are like writing on whiteboards and taking pictures and notice that they posted everybody's picture but mine (laughs) wow because a lot of people are like oh i want pro-choice i it's my body uh my choice kind of thing and for me it's just like i want population control (laughs) You, I'm surprised you don't listen to Bill Burbor because that's like that's a good amount of his bits, basically saying just how like if like, uh, what I forget the exact bit, but just describing all the pros of like just imagine all those freeway lines opening up, freeway lanes opening up when you're trying to drive all that traffic disappearing. Well, like com- coming from my perspective, I'm an environmental science major, right? And so at the time when I was in college, it's well, what's one of the biggest reasons why we're in such a mess? It's because we're consuming so much food, resources, whatever. Now, let's say we had less people. We're consuming less. So that's how I perceived it. Like, uh, people have debated, like, oh, is China's one-child policy ethical or not? Okay, well, if they actually kept it, you could see, like, population is growing in a way where it's, like, we're not consuming as much in that sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. minus all the other cultural repercussions it's caused. But, like... Just a few. It's actually caused a fuck ton of problems, but um, just strictly like resources, it was actually beneficial for that. And yeah. so, kind of for me, like thinking about like was before the the TV show. Oh yeah, Thanos did no wrong. I mean, that would be terrible to see loved ones gone, kind of thing. But like object, like if you were honestly to take that step back and see, like as a whole, can society like thrive off of this? Then yes. To me, that's so I get that. That that because you have that more of that environmental focus, I see that. That's like a long-term thing. So I guess you could devil's advocate to my original point. You could say, like, we just saw the like immediate rough patch of effect of that, because five years you're not gonna be able to fix everything. But maybe, you know, 50 years things would have been so much better. But 
I don't put a whole lot of thought into it because I don't go for highbrow stuff in my Marvel movies for the most part. It's like if I ever see something highbrow, it's like welcome. It's like, oh, that's cool. But for the most part, I don't expect them to be as like deep. Like, 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 did you watch Breaking Bad ever? No, but I know what it is. Yeah, so they were a show that really prided themselves on like making everything accurate physics wise. So anytime they did a train heist, they make sure like it made sense and like nerds couldn't like call them out for like, no, that's not accurate. That can never happen. They actually for sure made like every like possible uh, thing they were writing, made sure it could actually happen. So with Marvel, I don't expect them to do that by any means. Um, so with um, goddamn, I lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, I think with Endgame, uh, you could say like in the long term, maybe things would have sorted themselves out. But I mean, what if like won't people just have more kids and eventually it'll catch up to itself again? And then like we'll just be in the same situation. Like shouldn't the real snap have been just doubling resources for everybody? If like if we're saying was Thanos right, wouldn't that have been the right move? It's funny because like I forgot what documentary or what the talk I heard that actually would still be bad like that's the thing is that you're right if we have resources again right people then would catch up again eventually over time like let's say in the next hundred years or so um we're going back to status quo then you have to keep doing the snap thing again um then well the argument of like well what if we double the resources well then people realize we have double the resources and populate even faster um and so honestly at the end of the day it's more like people making better choices (laughs) is the only real way to stop it or like you basically continuously like have a person keep snapping more resources or have that person completely snapping people away yeah yeah i but, think also I, go ahead. I was gonna say in the law i feel like this is a good question i just feel like maybe because we've only had what's with spider-man wandavision and captain uh, america and the winter soldier now that's three things since endgame so it's like to answer this question, I'm sure every movie is going to address it in some capacity. I just hope they don't breeze over it too much. But uh, I think to answer this question, we're going to need like almost like the best answer will take at least five years of these movies, you know? Like, I mean, if they had like a random Marvel short, like literally like three 20 minute episodes to explain what happened during and like after the, it, like literally the nitty gritty of like people's lives and the politics behind it, I, I would watch that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe that's one of the shows in the woodworks. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious too, like how many of the upcoming things are gonna take place after? Because like we know Eternals is gonna take place after, but like Shang Chi, I'm assuming that's before. You know. Uh, let's take a look at that. I don't know. Cause I don't think they've said. All we know is that they're finally reconning like the whole Mandarin thing because people were pissed off with that. I know that makes you real happy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, because that was you like a moment. It. That was literally the moment where I was about to walk out of Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I could not have cared less. <laughs> I was like, I the, the interest I have in that movie is so much different than the comic motivation. I, I just kind of like Tony Stark's arc personally in that movie, but that's a whole other topic. No, there's like no plot release at all on Wikipedia for it. Yeah. I've kind of noticed. I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's like, they're kind of like mirroring releases that they've done in the past. So it's like Shang-Chi feels like they're going for the new Black Panther, you know, type of thing, being a cultural thing for like a different community, having a different, a non-white lead, you know. And then Eternals feels like the new Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like a ensemble team that for the most part, nobody's heard of unless you're like a hardcore comic book fan. But I think 
Yeah. Both things kind of feel like new versions of that, you know? It is. And so like I'm I'm cautiously optimistic and very hopeful of what will happen right now with the whole Shang-Chi thing. Cause like, is it going to be the next like Black Panther, but for the Asian or Chinese uh, community, right? And I, I want to say yes, but then again, it could go both ways. It could be horrible or it could be good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. or whatever. So yeah. The director, I don't know if he's done a whole lot of action before. The scenes, it scenes look cool. Did we do, we didn't talk about it on the podcast, did we? We didn't really talk about too much because there is, Oh, the, one of the reasons why I didn't talk about too much is because, well, there isn't too much to talk about and I want to watch it before. And I'm, like I said, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic with it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think the thing I was going to say is pretty much what I told you over text, but it's like, the only thing, it looks straight up like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's it did, like, if I had seen that trailer not knowing Shang-Chi was associated with Marvel, I would have never guessed it was Marvel. So it's kind of cool that they're doing different things. And that's one thing I've always liked about Marvel is that, they have different focuses, you know, Dr. Strange's appealing to those magic people at like out there who like the special effects. Captain America's appealing to the spy thriller people. And then Thor is appealing to like the space or Guardians of the Galaxy appealing to the sci-fi stuff. So this is going to be like more in that Mortal Kombat realm. So I'm kind of cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So that's one thing that where like people have said that MCU is more daring than DCU because like DCU is we'll try to see what the audience wants whereas mcu it's like we're going to experiment a little bit and like definitely go with these lesser known characters and dcu is we're going to beat this character to pulp like we're milking like we're milking it dry yeah to be fair too marvel's had longer to like get this universe whereas dc's encountered every shit show known to man (laughs) well it's for them it's like they're trying to play catch up and that's where issues come up so apparently the director for shang chi worked on a movie called Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'm only I only knew because I'm looking at it right now. So apparently he worked on this movie uh, with Michael B. Jordan, a world-renowned civil rights defense attorney. Uh, works oh to free a wrongly condemned death row prisoner. Okay, I I did see this trailer. Huh. I actually so, did. I did see another one of his movies with uh, Brie Larson actually. <laughs> So I, he, he's got an interesting movie under his belt. He's got a pretty serious movie under his belt kind of thing. Yeah. Short Term 12 was the one I saw that got, oh, that it got pretty okay. good reviews, but it was more like a drama, you know, not action, but it's like a character drama type of thing. Yeah. So to answer your question, no, I, I don't think he's had any action um, yeah. experience except something called Tokyo Vice. I guess so. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's never like, I feel like it's never essential that a director's done action before because they just they, it's not their specialty their specialty is a story they just hire a team that focuses on the action you know and the action so far in the trailer looks good at least so i'm not worried about that personally well i mean like seeing how he's done so many serious movies right is making me hopeful that this movie will be like pretty substantial yeah pretty good in terms of that plot wise because like people love black panther because like black panther is a character that's well known and like people know who he is whereas shang chi it's people know of you but that's really the extent of it yeah yeah we'll see i think uh have you seen that simu lu is that his name yes yeah simu lu (laughs) from what i've seen of him in interviews he almost seems like too excited about this like he's like constantly reposting like toys of himself and he's like i guess have your moment be like happy but it's like it almost like dude you seem like more of a fan than the person who's gonna be the thing like the only other person i can think of that's like zach levi and shazam but even then i don't know if he's at this level (laughs) 
Well, he originally, I think, like petitioned to be in this movie. So. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh. I remember him being surprised when he, they announced at Comic-Con that he was going to be the role. He seemed like, I think he just like very, very recently got the news and seemed like he didn't expect it. So. Yeah, so definitely, like, he was very on board with it. And I think given the climate of everything, it's one of the things where it's like, okay, I want to flaunt it as much as I can because this is, like, kind of, like, our moment to shine a little bit. Like, we're finally getting, like, an Asian superhero, I think, minus, like, okay, like, mainstream, like, MCU, DCU. This is the very first one. Yeah. I guess you can count Katana and Suicide Squad. Yeah. I guess, like, I just think, like, Chadwick Boseman like I feel like he carried himself a little more like he just wasn't as like as eager I guess you know well Chadwick uh, Boseman was always kind of soft-spoken like even his passing like nobody knew about his illness whereas like Simu Lu like if anything they're still um um responding and acting the way they normally do so like if you see his other posts he's always very like he posts this and that he's very outspoken in general on social yeah. media whereas chadwick boseman it's man he was literally dying nobody knew and he kept it completely private and he kept his personal life private yeah i know it's true that is just kind of a reflection of who they are as people i just felt like he's the first person in a while who's just like maybe actually brie larson was kind of like this she was a little bit like always hyping her movie up like pretty far you know what i mean but uh <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a bad movie we just didn't care <laughs> yeah i remember she just said like one thing she was like hey you guys want to break the internet and it was like it wasn't even like for a trailer that came out it was like for a magazine article about the movie i'm just like you really think this is what would break the internet like hyping yourself up like like it's it almost does that feel cocky to you too just like saying hey this thing about me and the movie i'm in is gonna break the internet um i think it was one of those things where like she kind of carried herself where it's just like I don't know. It was, I felt like lackluster. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about just the movie. The movie itself is the, I think we're agreed. It wasn't amazing. wasn't terrible, but uh, yeah, just the arrogant. It just feels kind of arrogant to be like, Hey, what's going to break the internet? Not a trailer, not the movie coming out, not my sex tape, but just a magazine article about the movie. Like it, like there's so much hype for this, me in this movie, you know, I don't know. That's how I felt. Yeah. I mean, okay, at the end of the day, Marvel hasn't made a bad movie. Yeah, even Iron Man 2 is for sure my least favorite, but I, I don't know if I call it bad. I just say not great and not what I want to see again. I mean, the bottom two movies for me, like even then, I, I still wouldn't say they're bad. Even Iron Man 3? I mean, mine's the <laughs> Mandarin scene. That was it. <laughs> What's the other movie for the bottom two you said? <laughs> <Captain> Marvel. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, all right. Well, it's it's just because it was, I, I walked out there like, uh-huh. cool. I that think happened. The, the most I was stoked for it is anytime I mentioned this before. Anytime they have a character who's like been in the past, so like been surviving before the events of Iron Man one, and just we didn't know about them. That's really interesting to me. Kind of it is so. It's we'll see how they present themselves. Of uh, the whole, like, where were you during the Avengers incident? Where were you during Endgame? Yeah, it could just have gone away with the blip. <laughs> well, I mean, you could easily say that just as well, but then it's like, okay, well, I wasn't part of the uh, the snap. Uh, okay, then where were you? It'd be interesting to see, or like Eternals now, it's like, well, the snap triggered them to come back together. Yeah, 
I feel the same way with Moon Knight too. Like wondering what when that's gonna take place, you know? Because uh, do, I don't know if you caught this. Do, do you remember in Winter Soldier? Do you remember that scene when uh, there's a guy to, uh, who f- they're interrogating and uh, they push him over the roof and then Falcon brings him back up and he's like answering questions about like people that Hydra's keeping an eye out for? Do you remember that scene? Vaguely. Well, anyways, he uh, he says Stephen Strange, Bruce Banner, and this was before Doctor Strange came out. He says Stephen Strange, so people are like, oh, shit. You know, like comics are getting a boner for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also says a TV anchor in Cairo. And because oh, um, because uh, uh, what's his face? Moon Knight's in Egypt uh, or something along those lines. Well, then... oh, so Moon Knight acquires powers in an archaeological dig in Egypt. Yes. Yeah. So some people thought they were when he said TV anchor in Cairo, that that was a subtle reference to uh, um, Mark Spector, who's supposed to be uh, Moon Knight. No, that could be it. Yeah, but TV anchor is unique. Like it's, I don't think we've seen that in an origin story for so far. A TV anchor turned superhero. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a TV anchor, but um, so people have argued that Moon Knight is basically one of the and the MCU's version of Batman. Batman, yeah, <laughs> but with very clear mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, schizophrenic, yeah. and uh, I, I'm cool with the cast too. Oscar Isaac and uh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke's supposed to be the villain, so I feel like that's a cool combo. You know, those two. I'm just curious how they're going to paint it. Like, are we going to have the person that has that's suffering through mental illness or like, is he going to just be, cause because it's a TV show that we're introducing him. Cause like we introduced like Pulsar, we introduced who's supposed to be like a super strong character, but introduced like as basically a Mary Sue powers. Like we just shoved you through the portal enough times that you basically inherited powers kind of thing. Uh, but that was like, uh, the WandaVision chick. Yeah, Monica Rambeau, like, oh, uh, are you going to be in a movie? Like, with She-Hulk, Moon Knight, are they going to be as popular enough as, like, oh, we're going to be an Avengers-level movie kind of thing? Yeah, I would guess they'd be in the team-up movies, which will be interesting, but uh, we'll see, I guess. But um, I heard another theory, I see what you think about this. So, uh, were you a big fan of the Marvel Netflix shows? Uh, For Daredevil and Punisher, yes. For the other three, no. Okay uh so there's a rumor take those with the extreme grain of salt because you hear these rumors like every other day but a rumor that netflix uh, i mean not netflix marvel confirmed that daredevil jessica jones and punisher all coming back with uh charlie cox vincent d'onofrio's kingpin uh in the same cast for jessica jones and punisher but there is a con or the condition the condition is they're wiping the slate clean so they're not recognizing anything from those shows they're starting like fresh but with the same cast fuck <laughs> that means we still got the same actor for danny rand well no they didn't say actually they didn't say iron fist they uh they didn't say iron fist or luke cage they just said at least in this report it was uh just daredevil punisher and uh jessica jones okay we'll see we'll see i mean that's weird then if you only have like some of them cuz i know I mean, you know my thoughts about Iron Fist. I'm not a fan of it, but like taking all that away, people have stated like, oh no, he's a terrible actor. <laughs> don't have yeah. him back, period. Yeah. I don't know if he's a terrible actor or just that role was not for him. Just bad place, bad time. But yeah, I mean, that's really all I've seen of him except for Game of Thrones, but I don't know. Just something was not working there. Like people have said to me that it's like, okay, well, he's he's supposed to like play that certain role. Well, it's supposed to be comic book accurate to have him as white. And it's like, okay, well, even comic book accurate, Iron Fist is actually funny and a likable guy. This Danny <laughs> Rand looks like he has a stick up his ass the entire time. 
Yeah, Iron Fist was a whole nother. That was just like every cliche, just yeah, it was just a mess. But uh man, god damn it, I love Daredevil. Daredevil is so fucking good. Oh yeah, no, bring bring back Punisher, bring back Daredevil, please. Yeah. I just man, it just bums me out because I love Daredevil season three so much and what they set up with uh spoiler alert bullseye that I I almost would rather just see a Daredevil season four and five than see like the this version of Daredevil interacting with the Marvel universe. You know what I mean? I just I almost if if that's the condition, like get Daredevil season four and five versus no interaction with Mar like the rest of the Marvel universe, I'd be like, fine, take it, steal my money. You know, like like I was just so hyped for those seasons, like a full on rematch with Bullseye and Daredevil. You know, I think I'd be okay with that too. Yeah, yeah, but because it was uh, a good story. Yeah, and they like built him up. Like we saw a cool villain origin story. Now he's like fully in a condition where he can like take seat as like the main villain for the next season. You know. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah but uh and they uh i don't know if you noticed but do you remember that ending scene where they're uh putting stuff in his back no i do not well basically bullseye in that final fight he uh gets kingpin smashes him against the wall so his back's fucked up and he can't move and they're doing surgery on him uh fixing his back in the very very last scene and then the camera zooms into his eye and you see a bullseye which is basically confirming what everybody knew that he's bullseye you know but uh, uh okay okay the doctor who's working on him is uh, apparently like a character in the comics. He's like the guy who did the adamantium for Wolverine's claws. And he uh, is, uh, th- what's that chick that dates Wolverine? <laughs> the uh, Lady Deathstroke or whatever. Oh, Lady Deathstroke, yeah. Yeah, it's her dad, basically, who's like doing the surgery. So that would have been interesting, too, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, that's a huge side tangent. Um, was there anything was there anything about the original topic you wanted to add or questions? Anything? Yeah, well, Thanos, Thanos. did no wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is that like they are bringing in heavier topics now. Um, but like, why did you have a whole TV series about the Flag Smashers? Which, like I said, I like the theme. I like where you're going with this, but you did nothing with it almost. Yeah, but like it was conveyed weird, but you are—they are still making like a whole push for like more harder and deeper topics. Yeah, yeah, no, and at this point, we really have no idea what the future topics are going to be. So I guess my my end statement is just obviously I think Thanos was wrong. <laughs> I think most people would agree with that, except for maybe environmentalist majors like yourself. But um, uh, I think well, for people who's looking for work <laughs> and a home. Yeah, that too. But I think to fully answer this question, we'll have to revisit this in 10 years. So put an alarm on your iPhone for 10 years from now and we'll see. <laughs> Sound good? Yeah, we'll see. It's if, like an experiment with no data. You know what I mean? We just don't have enough data yet. I mean, we only know so much from these scenes, but then these are enough, these are two perspectives. And that's the thing is that we're not even sure if like marvel is going to continue exploring it if this is their version of like we're going to talk about it here and then that's it um or we're just going to focus on new stories now let's go on with it because already spider-man isn't going to focus on the blip they're probably going to be focusing on um whatever their own version of the spider-verse yeah could be I mean, I would, I could be wrong. I would guess that actually the blip, I would assume for the next like maybe like four or five years, it'll be definitely like a relevant enough part where these kind of questions are being asked. So that's like my prediction of what I would guess. But well, uh, I mean, there's, there'll be a difference between like what Thanos did versus 
a snap directly, if that makes sense. Yeah, the after effects of the snap versus like what he did. Well, I think the after effects, uh, that's what I mean by my prediction. I think the after effects will be shown in the movies for the next four or five years. That can give you enough data to like fully answer that question of like, was he right or wrong? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, apparently there's a rumor he's going to be in the in the Eternals because he has like a relationship with them in some capacity or something. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So one person says yes. One person says no. That's our final conclusion. <laughs> but we can still agree that Falcon and Winter Soldier was not bad. Yeah. It's, and better than WandaVision. We yep. agree on WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Are we just going to like agree on every show that comes out, Joe? We got a rally. What's the next show that's coming out? Loki. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for that. I guess that on my birthday, June 11th. Hey, you got something to look forward to in your birthday besides your yeah. birthday? Yeah, did I tell you Christine hates Tom Hiddleston? <laughs> well, you can watch it without her. Now she's she's like conflicted. She's like, ah, it looks so good. I hate Tom Hiddleston. Like she she thinks he has such a punchable face. But uh, what? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you feel <laughs> so that way about right. some people. I mean, yeah, but like usually the people that's like. I, I want to punch his face and isn't like the most beloved character in the MCU. Well, it's not Loki as a character. It's Tom Hiddleston. Like every role he's in, she hates. I guess. Yeah. Everyone's all right. Well, whatever. Everyone's it's got a, their version of that. It's her opinion. <laughs> as long as it's not me, then I'm like, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, That's about it. That concludes it all. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode of The Underpaid and The Underqualified. Take care, everybody. Bye. Wait, wait. Are we still recording? Wait, yes. Next week, I'll try to not think of a Marvel topic because this is becoming the Marvel show. (laughs) Okay, now we're good. Bye.